On this episode of The Playbook, I have Joe DeSena, CEO and founder of Spartan Races, and we're going to talk about all the tools for toughness and also how human beings are most often guided by the avoidance of discomfort. You're also going to learn you're lucky you're not as kids. Join us for all of this and more on The Playbook. This is Entrepreneur's The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host and CEO of Sports One Marketing, David Meltzer. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneur's The Playbook, and I have an old dear friend and truly a mentor of mine. He doesn't know it. Joe DeSena, he is the CEO and founder of Spartan, and we have known each other from the inception of Spartan. It's got to be 10, 11 years now. Yeah. Right? It's right there. You and I have one thing in common. It changed my life. We had a conversation. You said, I'm an overnight success, you know, 17 and a half years. (laughs) That's right. right. And that's what I teach young entrepreneurs, and I really want to get to that with you because I think... The most needed person for entrepreneurs in America is Joe DeSena. I'm not just saying that because I'm here. It's because what you teach. You hear this? Yeah. What, <laughs> you hear John? You hear this? It's Come true, on. though. What you teach is what's missing. Everything else you can access online, and it's really about discipline, consistency, pain threshold. I, since we had a conversation, I've thought about sending my kids. I have a nine-year-old. Take them. All my Take kids them. to learn. Where, where, where did that threshold in, Send this to my wife, it. please. It's, all, it's true, though. Yeah. It, it's what's needed in America. The people that are going to be successful, the, the um, division between people that have a backbone now that are willing to you know, not hurt their feelings. Forget even feelings, right? It's just the amount of physical activity that people can take. How important is that threshold? Well, you just got me thinking before I even ans- answer that question, like, I have children. We have children. We have four kids, right? How, how many kids? Four. You have four, right? Three girls and a boy. And how old? Uh, 2018, 15, and Okay, nine. so you're a little, little older, but, but in there. And my oldest, my oldest is 14, but you just got me thinking, it's actually easier for them in the sense that if, if they have some of the skills you just described, oh my God, look to the left, look to the right. We got a bunch of marshmallows as competition. Yeah, that I totally. Right? When we grew up, yeah. more people were like us because yeah. we were pushed. We were taught work hard. Yeah. It was about hours and pain, and it's okay. You know, the work hard, play hard. Everything was really hard. It was hard. And now, hard is a bad word. But I kind of feel like um, I kind of feel like the grandfather that says, "When I was growing up, <laughs> we had to walk both ways uphill with no shoes." But you know, it was it was certainly harder when my father's father was growing. Right, yeah. every generation has gotten softer, um, and there's exceptions which throws off the norm. So people will always take a Goggins or Joe, sure. right? Yeah, fifty, you know, ultra marathon, like sure. that's crazy stuff. Yeah, but take the average person. Like my little brother is just a mule. He he's a workhorse. He. he Went to Penn, Wharton, University of London School of Economics, MBA. Like, but he will work still today, twenty-one hours before he goes to bed because it. he just and he just keeps pushing himself, and it's built into him. I think some of it's unconscious DNA that we've inherited from great grandparents, grandparents sure. to us. Sure, but a lot of it's just trained. You got to train it, yeah. And so um, it's fun, right? Because uh, you and I are in the mix with kids, so it's not only just talking about it. Um, for our environment and our business and, and folks we want to inspire, but it's our own children. And, and um, I'm pretty hard 
on my kids. Yeah, I've read a few stories. But even even being hard and even having, I've had people stop me in the street, like like, even being hard, I'm not that hard. Right. It's not that hard. This is. I don't t- make the kids go on the Lewis and Clark expedition. With like, it's not that fucking Stuck hard. Stuck the ice, right? Yeah, right? They're not so, doing the death race, right? They're not doing the, right? Well, they, they did do the death race. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't make them. Yeah, yeah, did you? Kind of. <laughs> okay, but, good. Never mind. I take it back. He is hard. No. But, but it's not that hard. Um, they got a roof over their head. They get, you know, five meals a day. They get anything they want on app. It's not that bad. Yeah. But yeah, they got to work. And, you know, raising your voice, for example. Do you raise your voice to your kids? Not really. I'll, I'll, um, I'll wrestle them. Wrestle them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, what you has, know, like, right. I had the worst, which I think motivated me, which gave me a great pain threshold, is I was motivated by a single mom, six kids, and just straight guilt. And yeah. I tell people all the time, I'd much rather my mom would have hit me, yeah. which she never did, or right. put, wrestle me, right. then the guilt that she threw on to me. Guilt is, guilt's a powerful one. I mean, it, it builds religions. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, guilt's Finances a one. companies too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> if you're really smart That's with That's right. I, I, um, I was just with a, a guy the other day, a 40-year-old in, in Vermont at one of the wrestling tournaments, who, um, tough guy, tough, gritty, could live out in the woods for a month. And he grew up with, with two brothers, and he said his mom was, was just tough. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, when I was like seven, she had me cutting weight for wrestling down the basement, locked me in the basement, turned the wood stove on, and uh, I, gotta lo- I gotta sweat it out, right? If I talk back, I got punched, literally punched in the fish. She broke my, my nose mom. once, yeah. <laughs> I love so, that. so he said people hearing that would, would think, oh, we gotta call social service or whatever, but she made me and my brothers um, resilient. And, and today you just can't do that, and so everybody's so delicate, and, um, I think, I think what it does is it it it, it teaches helplessness. Right. That's what and it does. Victimization. It te- yeah. Tweaks and- We're bubble wrapping Every- our kids, right? Yeah. And and um, and protecting them from the shit they should know how to deal with. Yeah. I had I had some crap go on today. I'm sure you did. Every day. Right. Every day. Yeah. And so, um, but you dust off. Yeah. What what tools can you use today? Because there is this transition of political correctness, of hypersensitivity. You know, I, the, the one thing that gets me, because I have a lot of younger people that I dedicate my life to. I, it's really what I'm about, having training millennials in intern programs, extern programs, to learn to have, you know, this threshold of pain or uh, the ability to get things done. But my tools sometimes, you know, are not allowed or appreciated and people tell me I hurt their feelings and it's not even that I'm yelling like I, I'll raise my voice so everyone in the office hears me so I, they learn the lesson but I'm not you know I'm not someone who yells and calls names but the things I say sometimes are extremely constructive you know and I'll tell someone you did not do a good job right that sucked right. but I'll say things like that and then you know my HR person will come in and say Dave you can't, can't be that mean you're gonna hurt their feelings you give them flowers first I guess or a hug I don't know but then I, a hug is a problem too but, but there's a great there's a great book by Ken Blanchard the one-minute manager and he talks about this idea that you got to set expectations the second you hire somebody right or or befriend somebody where you let them know that uh, you're almost like a, a drill sergeant in the beginning of the relationship. And if you're not like that, and you're soft, and you don't set guardrails and expectations, and they don't know 
what the threshold, right? The boundaries. What the boundaries are. Then it, then it could get ugly like you, you just described. So I think, I think we owe it um, to our staff as leaders to uh, set those expectations and boundaries right, right at the outset. So and it's a quick read, that book, One Minute Man. Yeah, it's like the San Diego guy. Yeah, exactly. Great guy. 20, 20 pages. Um, but the other thing is um, it's too late by the time they get to the office. It's the upbringing. That, that was the problem. And there's no way, so when you say what are the tools, uh, there's no way around it. It requires uh, hard physical things. There's yeah. No way around it. And your, your system, the Spartan races, et cetera, and things like that, can be utilized in a corporate environment oh, to change the perspective. Yeah. We, we did it at our company early yeah. on when you were first starting. We yeah. participated in some of the first Spartan races, and it was fun because I could see you know, some of the softer employees that I had. Broken right away. Yeah, and their dynamic changed. Yeah. Why do people love it? Like, I, I feel these kids want to be pushed. They want to be disciplined. They, they want to have the right habits. It's a feeling of accomplishment when, when, when it's over, right? When you do something hard, whether that's um, being disciplined and not eating. My kids are wrestling, right? So they got to cut weight for two days. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. It's pretty hard for a 14-year-old to not eat for two days, yeah, right? And so um, all those little things add up, and then you've got a frame of reference. You've got something in your mind that you could call back on the next time you face something hard. So your team that came out and did the Spartan race, uh, next time they don't meet uh, the sales numbers they were supposed to, whatever it is, and they're afraid they're gonna get yelled at by you, they can envision what it was like crawling uphill for a mile under the barbed wire and say, it wasn't really that bad. Yeah. But if they grew up on Park Avenue and they were wrapped in bubble wrap and they never got yelled at and nothing ever went wrong and never got pushed, well, then you yelling at them, you know, it might as well be the, Destroy, the yeah. car exploding, right? Like, the mom punching Exactly. The like, yeah. So you and, need and some like frame that. of reference. You got to go through tough times. I mean, we had, the cultures always had a rite of passage before a, a child was grown up. They had to go do some vision, something hard. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. I worked a lot in Kenya and built some community centers and what the Masamaya warriors do yeah. by the time they're 13 years old to prove their manhood, exactly. quote unquote, is yeah. extraordinary. They, they literally are uh, circumcised in front of the whole tribe. And if they flinch, they're then shepherds, they're not warriors. One of the other things that I find interesting is the consistent behavior. So I yeah. believe in enjoying a yeah. con consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. Yeah. And I think that's ingrained in what you do personally. And, yeah. But it's also the consistency of uh, when I'm looking at the things that you've created and done yourself from the ultra marathon to the death races to just the regular Spartan races, that it's incremental. Like I say lower the bar and I know it's, counterintuitive to people to understand you will achieve more if you take bite-sized pain yeah. than, than bigger pain. And I see a lot of that philosophy in what you do. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it, it, people, I, I, actually one of my staff, um, Jason, had said to me when we were hiking in the mountains in the very early days of starting Spartan, what do you do if you bite off more than you can chew? Keep chewing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah. right. I like that. So, 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 um, I learned very early on, 20 years ago, maybe more, um, there's, a, there's a race in Queens, New York called the Transcendence Run. It goes around a one mile loop. It's 3,100 miles. So 3,100 times you go around a one mile loop. And you can't, when you do that event, you can't, uh, or anything hard, uh, think about 3,100 miles. You can't think about one mile. Yeah. I gotta get done one mile. 
Get done with this one, I do the next one. And before you know it, you string them together and you get the thing done. And so... How long does it last? 50 days, 60 days, depending on, you know, if somebody could do 50 do miles. you get to go home and sleep or you sleep on the course? Most people sleep right there in a, in a car or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but um, the point is, uh, and you gotta, and you got to pat yourself on the back. I did a mile, right? And you got to give, give yourself those little wins along the way. Um, I'm just going to run to this telephone pole. I'm just... Don't set... Uh, you can't have a sales target that's such a stretch goal, so impossible. Like, you just can't envision that. We're, this is what we're going to do today. And then we're going to do tomorrow. And maybe it's just we're going to make 100 phone calls. Yeah. What, right? what, what do you think causes the mind or our perception to, when we look backwards at things, it's so fast, it's so easy, it's fulfilling. But when we're looking this way, it's so hard, yeah, it's so far. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just... Because um, you face that. I mean, the yeah, stuff that, that you that, do, that, I look at going... You know what I think that is? I, look, the human beings, we talked about it earlier, is, is um, guided by the avoidance of discomfort. Forward is uncomfortable. Reflecting on the past is easy. That's Good it. Point. Right? Every anything uncomfortable we want to avoid. So so that that's and so you gotta flip it on its head and say, like your brother that works twenty one hours a day, it will be more uncomfortable for me if I don't do this. Right? Right. If I don't work out in the morning, if I don't take a cold shower, if I don't hit my sales month, that's more uncomfortable than actually doing the work. Yeah, I think framing things is really yeah. important when you're allowed to say what if or if this would happen, it would be more or less, et cetera. I do that with time, yeah. right? I, I love to frame things and ask myself, you know, what would I do if there's no such thing as time? Really test my faith right. instead of, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do this for some economic or current currency sure. that exists or doesn't exist. Now, beyond the family, you know, you went to Cornell, so you, yeah. you worked hard in school as well, I'm sure. But... It's different when you're an entrepreneur, and you were. You know, I remember when you started. You know, you weren't an overnight success, no. just like every other no. entrepreneur. No. And one of the things that I see that people do is when they get to about 25% of the way, they quit on their idea because of what everybody else is saying. How do you teach people, or what advice would you do? I call it voting for what other people wants the worst thing in the world. So there's one side. Here's your parents pushing you, and we're telling parents, push your kids, you know, help them build this resistance. But on the other side, don't listen to them, sure. <laughs> right? Sure. Vote for what you want. I always say listen to them, take their advice, and then assess it, right? Don't just ignore it. But, you know, that nuance, I think, you have such a great balance between being just a kick-ass, aggressive, pain threshold guy, but you also have that nuanced side of it too, that you're voting for what you want. And you, believe me, I remember when they were laughing, scoffing, and jo joking about you, now they applaud you, yeah, because you were always the guy yeah. to vote for what you want. You're very clear on, yeah. no, we're not ready for that. Right. We're ready for this. How, how do you define that? Well, so the first part of the question was, yeah. was um, I've got this chart that, that uh, we created around anything, uh, trying to achieve any success, uh, a business, a relationship, um, running 100 miles, and it starts out with commitment. And that's peak excitement. You're committed, this is gonna be great, we're building a new business, this new relationship's gonna be fantastic, these people are great, and that's, that's as excited as it's gonna, that's the best, the best it's gonna be. Exactly. It's all downhill from there, right? <laughs> because then, you gotta actually start maximizing your time. Can't waste time anymore. Delaying gratification, not taking the cookies, waking up early, whatever those things are to help cheat, right? And eventually you get into the like the valley of death, where it's like not exciting anymore. You, it's the wrong relationship. I can't believe I started this business. And that's when the naysayers pile on, 
and the naysayers piling in are like, I told you not to run this marathon, you're, you're too old, you're neither, I told you not to marry this person, and that's where most people quit, yeah. right? I think the difference between uh, success and failure at that moment in time is your frame of reference. So if you grew up in communist Russia in the, you know, 67, whatever, and, and it, with cold water every day, whatever, like in that v valley, it's like no big deal. Like, you kidding me? I'm getting three squares, like, it's yeah. great, right? But, but again, to your earlier question, when we first started the podcast, if you have never had anything hard to go through and you're in that valley of death, what your mind says to you, and you'll hear this from most people that quit their business, their relationship, whatever, oh, it wasn't right for me. The, the completely logical- Blame, shame, and justification. Exactly, yeah. right? Excuses, and which they'll regret later. And, but the people that come out of the valley of death and they push through and they grind and get gritty and right, 15 years losing money with Spartan Race, I'm sure you had the same experience with your, sure with your business. Um, I just reflected on worse things that I remember. My people in jail, people dying, people like, it's not that bad. So yeah. what, we can't make payroll. Right. <laughs> and that. to that, right, you've yeah. been able to withstand incredible physical pain in, in your life. And you made a transition from kind of Wall Street into, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to change my entire physical, spiritual, emotional being uh, to having to face some of emotional challenges comparatively. Which ones do you feel are more challenging? Like the emotional side of raising children compared to the emotional side of, oh shit, we don't have payroll, which is, I think, unless you I live think, that, you don't know a real yeah, pain. I think, I think People's my, lives depend on you. Yeah, my father used to say, not everybody has a stomach to be an entrepreneur. So I, I personally think, I'm sure the women listening, the women in the room with this, like I think running a business is worse than giving childbirth, right? Yeah. I think it's the hardest. You went there, that's awesome. I, with four but, kids, same with me, I said. But, I have but, to agree with you, and I'm sorry, Julie, uh, I, I agree, it's so painful. Running, running a business is, um, but you gotta always just say to yourself, I get to do this. There's people with no hands, there's people with no legs, there's people living in tough places, they're getting circumcised in front of the whole tribe. Like, <laughs> right. There's shit going on in other places, they're not nearly as cool as running a business, so it comes with some pain and suffering. And you're not getting shot at. So that's one of my best piece of advice I tell people, just say I get to do this, I don't have to do this, right? right? And my wife will even you know, remind me of that because I forget every lesson I've ever learned anyway. Right. Um, one of the difficulties too that I see, we have a lot of depression, anxiety, fear, and people are out there going, oh, you know, and I find myself doing this to people to give them advice and help them. Oh, you know, just see the glass half full. Just say, I get to do it. Learn to love everything that you do. Do you have any secrets that are kind of in that transition? Because I believe if you, if you have this quantum memory, if you have your DNA, your chromosomes, your epigenetic layer of the DNA, everything's like coded to be depressed or to see things half empty. Are there any tools or advice that you can give that are stepping stones? Because I see myself as being too optimistic sometimes or inspirational where I'm not connecting with someone saying, I empathize where you're at. Just try this to start. I don't expect you to be happy tomorrow. Yeah, I, I don't have that um, chromosome. Yeah. I just don't have it. <laughs> I, I'm just always optimistic. Everything will work. And... Um, you know, we're in the middle. We're in the middle of um, trying to get a deal done with Tough Mudder, our main competitor right now. Yeah. 
and I'm not supposed to be talking about it. And, and, and now and, you are. And now and you're not supposed are. to tell your wife that this is worse than <laughs> childbirth, but you yeah, did. But, yeah. This is a great play, playbook. And, and it's a it's a pretty bumpy potential deal. And maybe we shouldn't do the deal. It's just so messy. And I find myself during this this let's call it the last 30 days, where it's it's been a, for, for like there's not many moments in my life where I'm like a little down or like fuck yeah. and I don't know. Um, but then I just snap out of it. I just. You know, you do 30 burpees. <laughs> right. You just snap out of it. And you're like, I, look, I, guess, I guess here's the trick. Look at the upside and look at the downside. Is it really that bad? All right, we don't get this deal done. Like, so what? Right. I say that all the time. You know, right? So what? It's, it's all irrelevant, but then you also have to put the challenge and make it relevant as well. Um, what are the dangers or the downside because we both share the same personality trait i call us optimists mm. i mean there's optimists yeah. out there you could give me a tell me i have to shovel shit with my hands for six days and i'll find the upside of it yeah. and end up making money from it it may t- take me some time doing it i agree but i'll figure it out yep. what's the biggest downside or challenge about being a optimist just to take on too much stuff hmm. right say no I, yeah <laughs> saying learn to say no i mean i i, I do way too much stuff but um, I don't know. I wouldn't have it any other way. All right. La- last question and yeah. most important because we share all these same personality traits. I uh, don't believe in balance. And, and do I. And we have four kids. Huh. So what do you do philosophically to spend the appropriate amount of time with your children without saying, you know, there's a balanced life for Joe DeSena? Integration. What does that I mean? Inter- I integrate it all into my, it's one big mess. Everything. So, everything. Yeah. So business with the kids, kids with the business, working out to get just one big mess. Eating and taking phone calls at once and just it's all mishmashed together. I love it. And I, I don't separate it. it and so, you know, I start my workout for something in the morning. I'm getting them up at five fifteen, five twenty, working out with them, doing phone calls in between. And then it just, the whole day just blends into one mess. And do you have a consistent relationship though? Because for me, what changed all my relationship, because I'm a complete blender like you, yeah. was when I blender decided. Blender is a good word. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. right? You blend it all together, was spending a minimum amount of time. I was just sharing with the team, right? I, every day I spend a minimum of 30 minutes with my wife, whether mm-hmm. I'm there or not. Nice. Not all together, but one time. Right. Uh, same with my nine year old, he gets 30 minutes no matter where I am in the world. The teenage girls get two minutes, you'll get there someday. And right. I beg for five. And even my mom gets one minute. But it was the consistency of every day. I'm adding that. I don't, I, and I, it's I, just a minimum, but it changed every, especially with my mom, it's the best minute ever because uh, as I became uh, more active, yeah. I always call it there's activity, I get paid for activity, I don't, I'm busy. Right. She would make me prove my love to her. Right, because right? I was gone in Europe or this and that. And then I'd come home and say, like, can you drive down here and fix this? I'm like, no, but I'll pay someone, and then she'd be upset. Right. Ever since, I, I, and there's only four things I tell her every day, that I love her, appreciate her, and right. that I'm happy and I'm healthy. And the way that I got there was, those are the four things I want to hear from my kids. Yeah, right. If that's all I ever hear from them, they're happy, healthy, appreciate me, and love me, you win. I'm good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm adding that to the program. I like that. Right now, we'll, we'll finish yeah. up with that. Any last I'm lessons? I'm going to program on my, on my phone. Right. Program. Yeah, I like Good, that. Good, man. I, 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 see, a little takeaway there. Uh, so, Joe, la- last thing. Any last piece of advice 
from all the experience of kind of this pain threshold, building a business. It's gonna, it's gonna sound um, very superficial. Um, work out every morning, wake up early and work out every morning, change your whole life. I love it. Yeah. Put your health first, I guarantee it. Yeah. An incredible entrepreneur, an old friend. It's Joe DeSena here with CEO and founder of Spartan, Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.